Mindfulness Meditation Podcast. I'm your host, Dawn Eshelman. Every Wednesday at the Rubin Museum of Art in Chelsea, we present a meditation session led by a prominent meditation teacher from the New York area. This podcast is a recording of our weekly practice. If you would like to join us in person, please visit our website at rubinmuseum.org meditation. We are proud to be partnering with Sharon Salzberg and the teachers from the Interdependence Project and the New York Insight Meditation Center. In the description for each episode, you will find information about the theme for that week's session, including an image of a related artwork chosen from the Rubin Museum's permanent collection. And now, please enjoy your practice. We're looking today at this beautiful naga. And this naga is uh, from 14th century. Tibet or Nepal. This is a piece from an exhibition we have on our fifth floor, which is called Nepalese Seasons, Rain and Ritual. And the Naga is a really interesting, kind of um, powerful and mischievous serpentine figure that appears in uh, monsoon clouds just as the monsoon clouds are really reaching their um, full kind of maximum capacity and are about to burst. Uh, It is said that at that moment you can sometimes see animal figures including the Naga in those clouds and um, the Naga is a harbinger of the great monsoon waters to come, which uh, is, of course, uh, incredibly important for the region's bounty um, that, that following season. And I think it's really interesting to note that the Naga is associated not only with the clouds, the monsoon clouds, but with the uh, ocean and waters below. So there is a symbiotic relationship there. Uh, The water that uh, uh, the Naga inhabits, um, of course, goes up into the atmosphere and creates the rain that comes back down again. So we are um, seeing this Naga here coming out of carefully detailed motif known as cloud foliage. And in fact, we're seeing a kind of fractal image, right? And a fractal is a a recurring pattern that we often see in nature that, um, that really helps us understand the part in relationship to the whole. There are in fact the same, and I'll, I'll give you a couple of examples from nature here. We, when we see this all the time, but the one that comes to mind here, of course, we see the storm cloud imagery here, and the kind of wisps and curls of clouds. It also looks a little bit to me like a fern, like a fern frond. And um, you know, if you look very closely at a fern frond, you can see the shape of the tiniest leaf reflects, in fact, the shape of the whole, the whole uh, fern itself. Um, This is uh, imagery from an actual storm cloud, so we're seeing that repeating pattern here as well. And and we'll take a look at a different form of water. This is frozen water, or a snowflake, also looking a little bit like that uh, fern frond. So again, this idea with fractal uh, imagery that we're we're looking at throughout the month is evoking that sense of wholeness and reminding us that there's an inseparable relationship between the part and the whole. 
So we are so happy to have Sharon Salzberg here for almost the whole month this month. Um, she is, of course, the co-founder of the Insight Meditation Society in Barry, Massachusetts, the author of many wonderful books, including Real Happiness, which is upstairs in the shop, and um, has been studying and teaching for decades, and we're so pleased to have her here again today. Please welcome her, Sharon Salzberg. And welcome back, Don. Yeah. Ooh, hello. <laughs> so, fractals. is my favorite thing, in a way. Um, how a part of something can represent the whole. And I've often, often, just as I said last week, thought that we can see that in terms of a path to liberation. That it's not necessarily, you know, healthy to think of it as the sort of tedious climb, uh, disconnected from the end result. But it's, I think, much more truthful to see that each moment of a full expression of what we're bringing forth, say, in a moment of practice, is representative of the whole. Um, my uh, teachers in India would always say things like, a moment of mindfulness is a moment of freedom. It's a moment of enlightenment. Certainly, we want more than a moment, you know, uh, which is the point, you know, not to somehow see it as so remote or um, disconnected from, from what's happening right now, but to understand our goal is uh, to try to increase the frequency. If you try to have an experience you're not having, like my mind needs to be more pure, or I need to be seeing this in a more subtle level, or I have to see what's underneath this feeling, but you're actually not seeing what's underneath the feeling, then what you're practicing is frustration. And I say that with great confidence, having practiced that for a very long time. <laughs> You know, I don't have the right experience. It needs to be more subtle. Where's the, you know, but when I realized, oh, that's not the point, that what I or we subjectively experience as depth is actually a result of frequency. It's more moments of mindfulness in a row. Even if what you're mindful of is something really crude and you wouldn't boast about it to anybody, you know. Um, it's more superficial than you would like, or whatever your notion is of what should be happening. Uh, it is what's happening, and we want more moments of mindfulness of it in a row. And because it will probably not be perfectly continuous, our minds wander, we get lost, we get overcome. It means starting over again as quickly as we can, right? Not sort of belaboring the, the distraction. You know, why did I go there? Why is like, why am I a mess? I haven't been practicing for decades, really. You know, I should be better than this. Um, uh, you know, so here again, we have letting go and, and beginning again. But it's kind of a different conceptualization, right? Rather than thinking about what we're lacking, um, depth, subtlety, uh, some alternative state of consciousness, transcendence. Bliss. We may be lacking many things from 
that particular point of view. But from another point of view, we're lacking nothing. Because the experience is not kind of the point. The point is how we're relating to the experience, and that is in our hands. Even when we forget and we get overcome, we can then remember. It's like, oh, right. You can't really change uh, pain to pleasure, for example, or turbulence to serenity, but you can relate very differently to that pain. And that's its own kind of pleasure. You can relate very differently to that turbulence, and that's its own kind of serenity. And it's, it's like massively empowering, because that we can do. So I, I told Dawn, I looked at that image. Um, and what I really saw was emergence. And I thought, that too is like a fractal. It's so representative of what my understanding is, anyway, of the nature of a path to liberation, in that we you know, most of us start out with a kind of normal, conventional, consumerist mentality, you know, like, God, it'd be great to have a great insight this afternoon. <laughs> you know? <laughs> then I don't have to sit again tonight, or, you know, like, I can tell everyone at work, like, wow, you wouldn't believe what happened to me. Um, and so we, we usually practice, or it's easy to practice in that mode. You know, we want and we're craving and we're kind of looking, you know, where is it? And uh, if we get a glimmer, we hold on to it. And, but really, the whole practice works in a very different way. And that is the belief that our goal, our work, is to try to bring our system into greater and greater balance. Right? So we have both energy and calm. We have both relaxation and interest. Uh, we're not leaning forward into our experience, trying to keep it from changing. We're not kind of leaning back, trying to shun it or pretend it's something else. Our work is to bring our, our whole being into greater and greater balance with the belief that it's out of that balance that everything we want will emerge the insight, the qualities like love and compassion. It's also it's a different way of practicing, rather than thinking, you know, like, where's the love? I had three minutes yesterday. I should have eight today. Um, it's the same work, just to keep working with that kind of deepening, deepening, deepening balance, which is also in our hands, is something that we can do. And uh, I love that sense of emergence. You know, it's creating the conditions for what we want to emerge, to arrive, um, to arise. And I think that's really the spirit. It's both the spirit of the fractal, like there we are, one moment, and it's right there. Um, and it's also the spirit of, I think, the most onward leading kind of practice. So why don't we practice together? You can sit comfortably, um, close your eyes if you like. If you get really sleepy and your eyes are closed, 
It's fine to open your eyes and continue on. In terms of your posture, see if you can have your back straight without being strained or overarched. You want some energy in your body, but you also want to be relaxed. If you like, you can start by listening to sound, the sound of my voice or other sounds. It is a way of relaxing deep inside, allowing our experience to come and go. It's like the sounds wash through you. I was once uh, practicing with Tibetan teachers, Sukhna Rinpoche, and there were, I don't know, maybe 60 of us in the room. And he said, now I want you all to touch space. And I think every single one of us picked up our hands and like poked in the air with our fingers. And he laughed and laughed and he said, you're already touching space. Space is touching you. So see if you can make that flip for a moment. You are settled into your being. Space is touching you. There's nothing you need to reach out for. And within that, let your attention, bless you, settle on the feeling of the breath. The breath is happening anyway. There's nothing special you need to do. Simply feel it. If you like, you can use a quiet mental notation, like in, out, or rising, falling, to help support the awareness of the breath, but very quiet. So you stay in that space of allowing the breath to come and go.
As you find your attention has wandered, you've been lost in thought, spun out in a fantasy, or you fall asleep, truly don't worry about it. We say the most important moment is the next moment after you've been gone, after you've been lost. See if you can let go gently. And with some kindness toward yourself, just return your attention to the feeling of the breath. If you have to do that, let go and begin again. A million times in the next few minutes, it's fine.
Thank you. Take care. That concludes this week's practice. If you'd like to attend in person, please check out our website, rubenmuseum.org meditation to learn more. Sessions are free to Rubin Museum members, just one of the many benefits of membership. Thank you for listening. Have a mindful day.